Working with Warriors podcast by the team at the Regional Men's Health Initiative. Hello and welcome. My name is Owen Caddo and today I'm joined by fellow team members Glenn Dunkerton and Tom Hayes. How are you going guys? Good, yeah, thanks Owen. Good afternoon Owen, how are you going? Yeah, good mate. Look, today we're going to be talking about communication and why it is important and just from the outset we're not coming from the expert's point of view because we're just blokes and we spend a lot of time talking to blokes and, and I guess often we get told that men just don't talk but however in the work we do we've come to realise that when um, given the opportunity in the right circumstances and a safe place blokes will talk and and blokes do talk so sometimes this involves us disclosing you know personal issues or just telling our story and I've really never met a bloke yet that given the right circumstances hasn't wanted to tell his tell his stories but sometimes you know we're guilty of misunderstanding someone of the opposite sex I think that's what gets (laughs) us into a bit of trouble in this communication caper so what we're trying to just talk about today is that we we're saying we need to maintain the basics when communicating and for me that is talking you know listening taking time to hear and being heard and not just acknowledging and contributing a few fleeting words on the run and and we will touch on active listening right at the end but there is some science behind the communication um angle that we're talking about glenn yes yeah, certainly there is there's um so and and it's really important that you understand that especially given the way we communicate these days and I'll, I'll cover that in a minute but um so there's a bit of science around uh what makes an impression in terms of communication and it's interesting to note that only about seven percent of what makes an impression is verbal but then how you speak voice and tone contributes up around 38 percent and then your body language so much more again that's that 55 percent and the reason that become so important is when you then apply that to the way we communicate these days with things like texts uh, you then find yourself um, when you're trying to communicate using a text that loss of body language you think how things could be miscommunicated uh, you obviously get more in a phone call but then hey you're not getting the the slump shoulders or the looking away and not making eye contact that might be a a hint that someone's having a struggle and even more so to do with that is things like sarcasm or, or irony are quite often lost in terms of when people are when people send a text you, and you cannot I think we've all probably got examples of when we've misinterpreted a text because we didn't understand that perhaps they were they were just joking and and it's very difficult I know that I've heard a discussion before about them trying to come up with a sarcastic font that would give you an idea that maybe someone was taking the mickey. There's a lot of different stuff in there, and 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 around that modern technology stuff, it's it's part of the mix, Tom. But from your perspective as a younger person, and on what Glenn's just said, you know there there is some myths about what we call communication. Yeah, look in in this day of age. Um, a lot of people, especially younger people, I reckon, and millennials and other generations do communicate a lot more via social media, um, via text messages. And while I think there is a place for this, especially in, in rural and remote areas um, when we can't always communicate face-to-face, I don't think it can really replace face-to-face communication um, because we need to remember without that, those verbal cues and then the body language, there's going to be a lot that gets lost in translation. So if we are talking to a mate that could be struggling, for example, 
we're not necessarily going to be able to understand that just via a text message or, or a messenger message on Facebook or whatever it may be. So we do need to consider that and, and make sure we still have those um, real and, and important um, communication methods. It is important, Tom, and we do a lot of our work on the phone in in this caper that we're in and, and it's really hard yakka to, to pick up the cues and you've really got to concentrate on your listening and be an active listener and... and you know, as blokes, we're inherently good at masking stuff. So if I can't eyeball you or, or see some of those facial expressions, it really leaves us behind the eight ball. And and put in context, as blokes and our identity, quite often we are behind the eight ball because we do, um, we do often lack those verbal communication skills, Glenn, and we need to talk about that. Yeah, and in terms of those verbal communication skills, we... We actually find that boys don't talk probably as fluently as girls as a as a developmental stage. Um, boys' vocabulary is limited compared to girls um, from birth. Uh, boys don't tend to develop word skills that describe emotions, and and that's that's really interesting because cultures probably come up with words that are important to them and I, I know that the the they talk about the fact that the Inuit people have about eighty different words for snow because culturally that's really important to them because a certain type of snow will kill you if you step on it because you go through the ice or another sort's really good for making an igloo and another sort don't eat that because the huskies have been standing there but all of those things are really important culturally and and as blokes we've tended to place less importance on it so therefore we don't have those we don't tend to have a lot of those tools in our toolkit. And a bit of that, Glenn, is, is we talk about it in the whole field of work we do, but is, is we're genetically and, and hardwired differently. And by acknowledging that up front, especially on that emotional context, we talk about us getting in touch with our emotions more. And, and for me, that's just describing the pain I might be feeling or, or describing the context of my life at the minute. So... That's really important, but there's other things, Tom, as well that that really affect our, our who we are around communi- communicating. Yeah, definitely. Look, we we talk a lot of, at regional men's health about the importance of of identity and um, and knowing who we are. And a part of being a bloke is is realizing that that worry attitude is sort of a part of a part of our yeah our, our identity, Owen. Um, and we need to remember that we, as blokes, we often um, get to points where, where disclosure is not an option as, as that warrior. And disclosure is only going to happen with people that we really trust and feel that we can, we can spill our guts to about those personal issues that might, might be going on. And, and that's reflecting that safe place, Tom, and that safe place I'm going about it all the time, but can be anywhere. can be after a footy game in the park, can be in the most unlikely of places, but it's mm. where the individual person feels safe. And, and we will disclose. And, and it's worth also noting the fact that we we tend to do it, uh, as you're saying, when as much as people say that blokes don't talk, we do when we feel safe. But that feeling safe might look different because we tend to communicate in that, that shoulder-to-shoulder sort of way. So when we've got a shared purpose, we're more likely to spill our guts with we find sitting across the table from one another like we are at the moment, we tend to find that face-to-face to be quite confrontational uh, and that's hardwired into our DNA. And that shared purpose is a good point, Glenn, 
gets us across in many mediums, like it might be a men's shed for some people, it might be the footy club, it might be the church group, it might be, you know, playing music, it might be whatever it is. But and it that, could but, be in the workplace. Yeah. And it could be in the workplace. Yeah. Yep. Again, again, that's, um, I guess, recognise the power of just everyday community camp members to look out for, for the mates around them because um, those are the people that are going to be noticing those subtle changes in, in their mates, whether it be in the body language, whatever it could be. Look, it is, Tom, and we always talk about it, is picking up that subtle mm. change in someone which only you, me and Glenn can pick up in the people around us. The system can't. Mm. And and being aware of these cues around communicating and how we can improve improve our efforts in that front is is pretty important. Mm. It can be something as simple as just a gut feeling that you're noticing those changes in the people around you. Yep. Owen. No, yeah, absolutely. One area I wanted to briefly talk about as, as well today is just the difference in the brain. And while it's possessing not to be a rocket scientist, because <laughs> I'm not, but in simple terms, we do need to understand the difference. And there's a lot of research about the difference between a female and, and male brain structure. But in summary, and I hope this makes sense, but women have significantly more white matter than men. Men have significantly more grey matter. And the white matter is about that interconnectedness between sections of the brain, and the grey matter is where we problem solve. Um, so a bit more about that female brain structure, Glenn. That interconnectedness is is like... I suppose it's like comparing two different sorts of houses. As blokes, we like our lists, so we like to go from room to room, do what's in that room, and then shut the bloody door after us, whereas the ladies sort of like an open plan house. They can stand at the front door and see what's going on in the laundry because there's there's nothing in the way there. And that interconnectedness means that quite often we <laughs> it's quite often where we fall down because we think we've done everything on the list and their list is never ending because they can see all these other ramifications. We, and... Both those styles suit suit us both in different ways. It's not to say one's right and one's wrong. It's it it's also that style of compartmentalising things is is why blokes tend to be good in a crisis and and things like that. The ability to compartmentalise and then shut the door on it serves us well in one respect, but can also come back to bite us in another. Yeah, you're right. And and I, I guess that bit about our brain or the male brain is that lacking that interconnectedness and people will quite often say that that we don't have that, you know, the vision and the uh, sometimes as ladies and, and that we can't multitask. But that's kind of incorrect because ladies can multitask across a whole lot of issues, but blokes can still multitask, but it is usually is that singular issue. And I, I just think about the farming days and and having a breakdown. So so blokes are thinking about where am I going to get the parts from, how am I going to get the parts, downtime, what contractor can I get to pick up the lag, um, all those logistical things about that one issue. So so we can multitask and it's it is important to remember that, but not across the breadth of issues like you said. And and on a funny note, I guess is that that's that frustration with the with our partners to do list because I know in my house that the part my wife has a to do list and part of the biggest part of the to do list is for us to have a conversation about it. It's not for me to get out and go and do it because I've I've gone and done things in the past, spray some stuff which I thought was weeds that was on the list and rip out some plants and my wife gets home and says you 
I've said, what I'm proudly boasting, I've done this and done that. And she says, you've done what? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I've just killed the bloody flowers and pulled out two plants, which I thought were in the wrong place. But uh, so there is that, you know, that that lack of understanding from our point of view sometimes, but it, but it is legitimate in that brain, you know, in that brain development. Yep, and the and the brain differences and the and the way that we communicate differently, we we just got to be aware of that. Yep, look, and I, I think it's really important in in relationships like female, male, or, or whoever our intimate partner may be, but it's very important in the workplace and and in clubs and when we've all got a divergence of of interests. So I guess for today, just kind of finishing up, we we we're going to talk about our difference in our in an, in another. Um, podcast, but but in summary today, that we are we are different, and and we just need to continually acknowledge that, and that's what we're doing in our work all the time. You know, around um, around whenever we're talking about anything. So so those important areas are are you know quite often when you're talking with your bloke that we will be evasive of that first response. Um, you know. Quite often, the second time, you know, might be get told to get stuffed, or you know, you'll be cranky, and then the third time, we might disclose that problem, or you know, open up and, and spill our guts, as we refer to. So it really just is important to um, accept. Sometimes the yes and no and single word answers are perfectly legitimate, but in other times, we've got to we've got to. Um, delve deeper and test those first responses mm. and I, th- I think we've got to acknowledge too that what we quite often what we quite often see as uh nagging is 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 not perhaps nagging it's perhaps from the ladies it's an understanding that that to get to the the truth of the matter or to to really understand what we're talking about might require that they question us those three times before we divulge and before we spill our guts and, and actually listening to someone's response um, in any relationship or in any communication does does require a lot of effort, not just in um, communications with your partner, but it could be with your peers or whoever it might be. But it requires a lot of effort and we need to remember the difference between just hearing what someone says and actively listening to what someone says and understanding where they're coming from. When, when people talk, we, we really need to listen completely, give them our full attention um, and, and from what I've seen, most people never really listen. Um, and to listen, you actually have to be silent. Yeah, and it's something that I need to, and we all need to remember, is that I need to listen well so that I hear what's not said. And, that, and that's really important. But also on the flip side of that, women don't hear what men don't say. So it's important that we open up that dialogue initially. And it's got a really important role, the communication, and when I talk to a number of blokes who have lost their partners and or their bachelors and the most lonely part of the day and it just rings on my bell from a, a guy whose wife just recently died and he said to me oh and he said coming home at night time and not being able to talk about my day's activities is is his most quiet and lonely time and, in, and he said in the second breath I, I don't know whether my wife was listening in the past <laughs> but she was there Yep. And I had a conversation from my point of view. Mm. And I just reckon that's really important because, um, you know, we need to be able to communicate and, and foster foster those differences. Mm. Definitely. Okay, thanks, guys. Look, we'll finish it there. And, uh, and when we come back, we'll, we'll delve deeper into acknowledging 
the differences in communication as we see them. No, cheers, on. Cheers, on. Okay, cheers. Thanks for listening to our Working With Warriors podcast series. 